We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's everybody? What's what's everybody? <laughs> what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charge podcast. Chargers just wrapped up day one of training camp, and I wanted to do a video. I was just going to post it before. I was like, no, I'm too excited. I want I want to talk about it right now, and I want to talk about it with you guys. You guys are going to have questions. So the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, I'll just do a quick recap of what I noticed, um, some of the injury updates, some of the rotation stuff, etc., and then you guys can ask questions and we'll just interact. We'll hang out. We'll see how long it goes for. Um, I don't want to go longer than 30 minutes here, but if you guys have great questions, um, I'll answer them. So let's start with not the biggest storyline. I think that is JC Jackson and we'll get to that. But what I couldn't help but notice and get excited for and the reason I wanted to jump on live to begin with, this is not a stick offense. Now, I'm sure that I missed them running a couple of curls. Maybe they ran stick a few times. I don't know. But this is not a stick offense. And it was I was at the point where I started charting, you know, who's getting the big plays here. I had a section. If I were going to do my normal video, I was going to highlight some of like the, the standout plays or the standout players. And I was writing like, okay, Josh Palmer mossing us on junior down the left side. Lane. Okay, there's one. John Hightower, 50-yard bomb down the field. Okay, there's another. Mike Williams back shoulder catch, another deep bomb down the sideline, Keenan Allen down the sideline. I'm starting to realize, oh, they're not really throwing it short anymore, are they? It was amazing to see 
not just that they were throwing it down the field, but that Herbert was making these throws and the receivers were making these catches. And that's part of the reason you have some of these guys for so long. Um, and when you've built so much chemistry over a certain amount of time, whether it's Josh Palmer for now in his third year, Mike Williams for several years, Keenan Allen for several years, you see this chemistry build to the point where you have a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over and is very accurate. You have receivers that are very good at coming down with difficult catches and you have a, a coordinator who wants to push it down the field and will open up those more difficult plays. So when all those three things come together, you get an offense that actually runs smoothly on the explosive plays, which I'm, I'm getting chills. You can't see them, but just watching the offense, like we, we saw this in OTAs, right? We saw them pushing the ball down the field, a lot of back shoulder throws. Granted, yeah, they're not in pads right now. No, they're not playing Bill Belichick's defense, of course. But I was just a bit surprised and shocked, honestly, to see that out of spring training, going right into training camp today, day one, that ball's being thrown down the field. And if it wasn't being thrown down the field, it was going to routes or players where it makes a ton of sense. So Quentin Johnson on a shallow crosser, it would go to him. It would go to Darius Davis. It would go to you know, Gerald Everett because Justin Herbert would roll out and hit Gerald Everett for four yards. Then he'd get a few more yards after that. Now, granted, no tackling, no pads. But if they ever threw it short, for the most part, it allowed players to get more yards after the catch. And it went to players that should be the guys that you want to have get yards after the catch. You know, we saw Gerald Everett. We know Quentin Johnson. We've seen Darius Davis. You know, it was just very involved in a way that it was downfield to the right guys and short to the right guys. And of course, there was some mix and match in between, right? Like Mike Williams caught a slant too. Keenan Allen did catch like a curl or something. But for the most part, they were either pushing it down the field or getting it in space to the right guys who they drafted or brought in or who just were better after the catch. That's Davis. That's Johnston. That's Everett. It was beautiful, man. Like this is not the offense that we saw last year. Granted, everybody's healthy outside of Jalen Guyton. We'll get to that. And the offense line is great, and nobody's rushing, nobody's hurt. You're not playing another defense that's really strong or whatever, or at least, you know, an opposing defense that would actually play you tough. But still, just the way that Kellen Moore was calling plays and the variety of plays and the way that they were spreading the ball out to players and maximizing those players, it was really encouraging to see. It's very early, I know, but it was still very, very encouraging. And last season, I don't recall how 2021 went, but in 2022, the defense basically smothered the offense for the first like two weeks um, when they didn't have pads. And even when they had pads, defense was killing them. Um, and listen, some of that's, you know, Brandon Staley being very, very good. We know from his time with the Rams, that's what he did against Sean McVay, right? Who was an, a top tier coordinator and coach in this league. So I guess it's not a surprise but, you know, I was talking to Dean Leonard about this um, before they had pads on. Like, he felt that he would even get better when they had pads on. And the defense really did, for the most part, shut things down until Herbert would just find Keenan Allen on third down and nobody could stop him. This year, granted, it's one day, no pads. Kellamore stole the show. Yes, it was Herbert. Yes, it was the receivers. But it really felt like Kellamore and the passing game stole the show. Run game was a bit iffy. I don't really know what I'm supposed to glean from that when nobody has pads. Maybe the run defense could have been better than expected than we saw today. Maybe the rushing offense could have been better than we saw, but there's no pads. So I'm not really sure how much I'm supposed to glean from that, but 
this just Kellen Moore today was really the standout and it allowed his stars, his players. If you're paid a lot, you're, you're twitchy, you're fast, yak, you're a first round pick, you name it, you got the shine. So it was a really, really good first day for the offense. And I don't really have any question marks about it. We'll talk about some of the rotation in a bit, but otherwise it was fantastic. And listen, we love Keenan Allen. We love Mike Williams. You know, he, they are they are right now better receivers than Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis. But when Quentin Johnson caught a shallow crosser and turned it up the field, he just moved differently. I don't know what his 40 time really is, but it's faster. I'm fairly confident than what his 40 time was on his RAS profile. The way that he accelerated after one of the last plays of the day on that shallow crosser. Granted, nobody's tackling, I know. But his acceleration was unlike anything I had seen. If you've ever watched like the making of, this is such a dorky thing to say. If you ever watched the making of like Captain America Civil War and the way that they made like Black Panther, Bucky, and Captain America run really fast in that tunnel scene, right? Because they had a car that was pulling a rug and they would run on that rug and it made them look like they were running faster than they really were. That's what it looks like watching Quentin Johnson take a, a shallow crosser and get upfield. It was, it was impressive. And again, nobody's tackling, right? Nobody's hitting. But I'll be completely honest. If this were an opportunity for a defense to tackle him, I think he would have housed it from 50 yards out. And maybe you have a really, really big, strong safety back there who hits really hard. Then maybe. But he was, I think he was gone. And it just looks different. Darius Davis looks different. Yes, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, better receivers right now. Probably will be better receivers next year. But they're just fast. And they're so much faster than anything the Chargers have had, especially when it comes to after the catch. Quentin Johnson looks as advertised. Um, Darius Davis, Quentin Johnson, I don't think they had a single drop. There was only one mistake by those two, and that was Darius Davis, who twitchy as heck, beat Dean Leonard off the line, um, and caught a slant, and then Dean Leonard went, "Oh yeah, you're a rookie." Bam, knocks the football out for a fumble. So a bit of a learning, you know, moment there for them, which is good. Do those things, but yeah, uh, offense looked pretty good. Not to say that the defense didn't look bad, but the offense just looked really, really good. And unfortunately, there's nothing anybody could do against um, Mike Williams when it comes to a back shoulder throw or a difficult catch. Didn't matter who was on him, couldn't stop him. Didn't matter. The only person who's really been able to do that was J.C. Jackson last year. Didn't really get a matchup this week or today, I don't think, but we'll see. Let's get into J.C. Jackson. So I wasn't sure <laughs> how much participation there would be. Obviously, he was out there in his helmet in OTAs, you know, kind of cutting and running, but we didn't know. We never really got anything official about him being cleared, didn't hear a peep. So I really didn't know. We saw him stretching and he was working and whatever. But when they first did walkthroughs, obviously him being out there was great. I saw him, you know, again, no pads, but taking on a block from Gerald Everett. And Gerald Everett would, you know, run into him, block him. And they kind of just worked through the walkthroughs, et cetera. But you wouldn't really do that if this player, if you were really worried about him, you know, re-injuring himself. I mean, you are worried. But there didn't seem to be any caution there. I don't think you'd have Gerald Everett go and actually block J.C. Jackson if that were an issue. And then the final play of those sort of walkthroughs, Quentin Johnson decided to test J.C. just a little bit. And he speeds up a bit on the acceleration on the outside. He breaks down. Um, JC just kind of like lets most of it go in like the second half of the route or like last third of the route. But for the first two thirds of the route, it's like, whoa, this is the first time I'm seeing JC move. 
moved right with him, had no issue. And that's where I started to get really interested because if he looks like that and he's kind of working with Gerald Everett and taking on some blocks and he feels like he can both accelerate and deaccelerate on the outside against Quinton Johnston, might be okay. Lo and behold, the very first target of the day that went JC Jackson's way was against Keenan Allen. And what does JC Jackson do? Breaks up the pass. And I, listen, I'm not going to speculate on is it 80% back? Is it 90% back? I have no idea. The fact that he's back there at all is a medical miracle, I think, to be completely honest. Um, this should be up there with some of the fastest recovery times we've seen for such a gruesome injury. This guy shouldn't be out there. Like, he shouldn't be out there. I have no idea how he is. Like, even the best case scenario, Steve and I were speculating, okay, like, you know, maybe he's ready week one, but maybe like after the bye, you know, like that would make more sense. Now he's out there and he broke a pass against Keenan Allen. <laughs> and that's not an easy cover. Um, so for him to return like that so fast and look so good is incredible because again, when he was healthy in training camp last year, there wasn't a better player on the field. He's so good. Or he said he was so good. We'll find out what he's really about, but he's so darn good. And for him to be out there, and working pretty much in full, as far as you can tell, it's it's a miracle. It really is a miracle. You know, we were sort of positive heading into this week because everything, JC had been trending positive the whole time, but you never really knew. And even then, if he went out, listen, if he went out there and just did like walkthroughs, great. I would have been happy. That's positive. Breaking up a pass gets Keenan Allen after that gruesome injury and it's July, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. As far as other injuries go, I will cover this. A couple more things, and I'll, I'll get to your questions next. Um, so Otito, Agbonia, Austin Johnson, and Jalen Guyton are on the PUP list. They can be activated at any time as long as they are cleared to practice, obviously. So when they're able to practice, they'll get off the unable to practice list. But for now, they're on it. Is it a surprise? No, it's disappointing, but it's not a surprise. And the Chargers at least for now, seems sort of prepared for it. Um, they signed Shepard. That, that, that's more like a returner thing. They also hosted, I can't remember his first name, but Gaither. Not the tackle Gaither. It's a whole different thing. But they brought in Gaither for a visit, I believe, yesterday. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I don't know. Otito, Austin Johnson, Jalen Guyton being out right now. Not great, but it's not completely unexpected. For us, for Steven and I, we've kind of assumed... One of the D tackles might not be ready for week one. It seems like Jalen Guyton could be, but we'll find out more as we go. But for right now, pup list. Um, as some of you are pointing out, Pokey Wilson, uh, originally on the NFI list, is not, uh, or sorry, was he passed his examination or whatever it was, and he's good to go. Did I see him out there? I, I think so. <laughs> I don't recall. After a while, I start forgetting whose number is what. But it's great that he's out there because he was someone who looked really, really good in spring camp. And then I would hate to see him just not get any reps and fall behind as a guy who's probably not making the roster anyway. But if you want to make the roster, if you're trying to make the roster, it's better to be out there. So there's that. Um, that's it as far as injuries. Nobody was hurt today, which is great. Um, I always get worried <laughs> watching these players. Some of them, they don't go down hard, but they go down and you're worried about them, but they were fine. Um, as far as the rotations and, and the battles, I think the one that you were all waiting for is the one between Jaw Taylor and Asante Samuel Jr. I will say 
as it is right now, it does not appear that Asante Samuel Jr. even has the inside track to at all play as the dominant slot for this team. Um, if, if Michael Davis and JC Jackson are healthy. So as it is right now, your starting trio, Michael Davis, JC Jackson, Jaw Taylor. And I don't believe if JC Jackson was out there and if Michael Davis was out there, I don't believe Asante Samuel Jr. had a single starting snap. Um, that was all Jaw Taylor. Now, if JC were out or if Michael Davis were out, then Asante Samuel Jr. would play either start in the slot or he'd start outside and Jaw Taylor would be whatever Asante Samuel Jr. wasn't. But as far as it goes right now, Asante Samuel Jr. is on the outside looking in for the starting slot corner spot. And if JC Jackson is healthy and if Michael Davis is healthy for right now, and as it was in the spring, Jaw Taylor is your starter. More than that, if it wasn't Jaw Taylor, oftentimes it was Derwin James in the slot, which more goosebumps, man. That's what you want to see. So it was if, if they had two safeties, it was Derwin James, Alohi Gilman. They started. No question there, no rotation. When Derwin James went down to the slot or were operated closer to the line of scrimmage, it was JT Woods back there. So not only is Asante Samuel Jr. potentially not the starting starting slot, he's also behind sort of Derwin James because, yeah, I get it. Like <laughs> if it comes down to a player where you want someone who's kind of can play both the run and the pass, yeah, you probably want Derwin James over there. Granted that you know, there's some risk there with JT Woods not being your safety, but that's what they want to do as well. Um, saw a lot of linebackers as well um, in the slot. So there's so much slot by committee. If your two outside corners are JC and Michael Davis, there's really not a spot right now for Asante Samuel Jr. He'll be involved. He will be involved. They mixed him in a lot. And at the halfway point-ish of last year, there was a complete switch um, along the defense. So defensive line, a lot of switch, right? Some of the guys in the back got to play first team. Michael Davis started then over Asante Samuel Jr. So I think we're going to see that switch. But for now, and granted, like last year, Asante Samuel Jr. was the starter on the outside. Davis got his shot for the second half, but then Asante Samuel Jr. started as the starter uh, really the whole season, but to, to st open the year. So if Jaw Taylor is your starter now in the slot and Derwin James is a part of that as well, I, I just I think Asante Samuel Jr. Is, is very talented. Again, my preference is that he's out there because he's, he's great. But it just seems like they are going to go with Jaw for now. And if you need someone who's maybe better in coverage, go get Derwin James. So we'll see. It's early. There's no pads, but we'll see. This could change tomorrow. <laughs> um, other than that, and I can answer more questions about that if you have them. So yeah, JT Woods, I'll just roll through my notes and then I'll get to questions. JT Woods is safety three. Um, a big surprise, Andrew Trainer, the second year player, uh, is dominating the left tackle snaps after Rashawn Slater. So it's no surprise. Slater and Pipkins as your tackles. Your backup left tackle was Andrew Trainer the entire time, if it was the second unit. Now, right tackle was kind of a mix between Sarrell and Melsop. You know, when I talked to Nick Melsop's up, Nick Melsop's coach, you know, the indication was that Melsop would be a right tackle, and lo and behold, he's a right tackle. Uh, I didn't see any flip flopping today, so Andrew Trainer really dominated those snaps. So, if anyone gained stock today outside of, I guess, like J.C. Jackson. Um, I think Andrew Trainer's stock went up the most as the dominant LT2. 
We'll see. There's no pads, but worth pointing out. Um, and then Isaiah Spiller. I, I think J uh, Joshua Kelly had more first-team reps. Could be wrong. Um, but Isaiah Spiller had the most overall reps, I think, between the two. A lot of work with the ones, a lot of work with the twos. Last year, it really wasn't the case. It was Eckler dominating, which it was today. Then it was Kelly and Roundtree, and then it was Spiller. Um, this year, it's pretty clearly Eckler dominating, as it should be. And then a pretty close to even mix between Kelly and Spiller. Do I think Kelly's still the RB2? Yeah. But instead of Spiller being this like kind of like afterthought RB3, it does feel like they're either going to involve him more as like an RB2B, or maybe he has a shot to win the RB2 job. We'll see. Um, so that's really it for for rotations and, and battles, etc. Didn't get to see a lot of the undrafted free agents out there. Um I will say there was a really good throw from Max Duggan on a scramble to Mikey Ziki, the tight end from UCLA. I think that was, if you've ever been, okay, if you've ever been to camp, there's Justin Herbert throwing the football and what that looks like. And then there's, no offense, Easton Stick and how he throws the football and what that looks like. It's very different because no one's like Justin Herbert. There's like two, three quarterbacks that can throw it like Herbert can. But there's definitely a drop off. The throw from Duggan today, it had some heat on it. And I don't know if that's just a one-off. We'll see. Are there maybe accuracy issues? No idea. We'll find out more as we go. But I thought that was notable. It was one of the first times I kind of sat forward and went, oh, backup quarterback, slinging it. So we'll see. Easton Stick may be the better backup quarterback, and I think he should be considered that until we see more from Duggan. But it was worth noting, I think. And again, if you've been to practice, you know what it looks like going from Herbert to Stick or even Chase Daniel. So seeing Duggan rip it like that was good. Um, that's kind of it for me today as far as the, you know, highlights, battles, etc. So if you have any questions, please fire them in. I'm going to go through them right now and see what I can find, but there's a lot of questions. So hopefully get them in. Uh, if it's a super chat question, I will definitely answer it because I can see it. Otherwise I'll just scroll through and see what I can find from you guys. But yeah, overall, very, very positive day. For everyone, the defense got J.C. Jackson back, and everyone's excited about that. I don't know if it's 80% or 100%, but in any capacity, is is fantastic, and he looked great. Offense was fantastic. They won the day so far, so we'll see. Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis looked great. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think Kellen Moore, it's, I know it's day one. It's, it's only one day, but you just feel so excited to watch these guys because you you kind of feel the – the, the the excitement you know being out there watching them the way they move it's amazing um lde bruin said the o-line was surprising i i don't really take any takeaways from either of the trench groups so far um but if you saw that they were surprising hopefully in a good way that's great uh, i appreciate some of you saying that <laughs> yeah you should hit the like button i appreciate that did Jaw Taylor do good in coverage, at least, from Alpha Man? I think so. The only play that I, that really got him was Mike Williams' back shoulder fade, which, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> there, there's really nothing anybody can do, and Jaw Taylor, even being in position, was great. Granted, he couldn't also, like, wasn't like a hand fight, swat the ball, tackle, etc. So when Mike Williams beat him, and he, he probably would have beaten him anyway, Jaw Taylor, like, put his hands up. He's not going to go hit the guy. Um, from Paris Palmer, JT Woods, anything jump out to you today? Um, I didn't really get to see anything in terms of like playing the run. The range was there and he got to the ball carrier. 
as he would. So like, you know, ball carrier would get a swing pass or run the football was probably tackled at the line of scrimmage or near it by another DB, but JT Woods would rally and get there. I will say that I saw a lot more of Raheem Lane playing the deep safety spot rather than JT Woods, um, but it was kind of a good mix. JT Woods covered really well on, who was it? I forget which receiver it was, but it was like a two-yard gain on that reception. I think it was like a shallow crosser or something. So seemed to cover really well there. I don't really have any uh, much that much more than that for JT Woods. I want to see them air it out and him pick it off. Like I need to see that. From Adam, has Asante Samuel Jr. done anything to improve their tackling in the same way that Pipkins worked with Manyweather to improve their game, if that makes sense? I don't actually know if he's done any. I'm, I'm sure he has. I just don't know what he's done. I will say his missed tackle rate overall cut from like 20% his rookie year to like 10% this past or his last year. So that's really encouraging. Um, Michael Davis, the same. I know that, oh gosh, who's the one working on with them with tackling? The DB coach, it's not Ansley. I can't remember who it is, but they work on, they've been working on rugby tackling. Um, and I think that really contributed to Davis and Atanto Samuel Jr. being better tacklers. Pursuit angles, different story. Playing the run, different story. But as far as tackling goes, um, I think that did help them. Um, from Kyle, why would we not put Asante Samuel Jr. in the slot or JC? Both will start. Davis is a beast, though I agree with that. But to not start Asante Samuel Jr. is dumb. It's, it's just kind of going to depend because... There, it's not even close when it comes to the run. Who's better between Jaw Taylor and Asante Samuel Jr.? Not only that, but Jaw Taylor's bigger and heavier, so he's just the body type that you'd want out there. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's tough because Asante Samuel Jr. make like when I think of the best slot corners the Chargers have had recently, it's Desmond King. Yes, there was his play against the run, of course, but it's to me what sticks out is the pick six against the Cowboys, pick six against Russell Wilson. Like that's kind of what I would want more out there, but the Chargers might feel that's a liability. And listen, they also might just put Derwin James out there because at the end of the day, he's probably the better slot in the box defender than Asante Samuel Jr. So I don't know. We'll see. It's a good problem to have. The only problem is when you're Asante Samuel Jr. and you want to start. Uh, Gavino Borges from Chargers Wire, what is up? Michael Lopez, what do you think about going live in practice? I know of a handful of teams that do that. I'd love to go live at practice. Um, I don't think we can. That'd be really cool, though. Um, I think we can't do, like, play-by-play. We couldn't obviously record the background. Would love to, but can't. Um, but a little teaser, Steven and I will be out there on Saturday. So keep an eye out for us and say hi. <laughs> uh, just a quick recap. DCP Mobile says, I'm a TCU student that works for the team. Oh, that's nice. Got to get some details on how my guys looked. They look like they belong. Yeah, yeah. Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis, they move at a different speed than the rest of the team. They just they just look different. Does that mean they're good? I don't know, but they move at a different speed. They caught everything that went their way. They made several plays. So I think they're pretty good. Uh, how did special teams look if there was any... Fine, I guess. I think Cameron Dicker had a couple of us, you know, off to the side field goals. That was it. Didn't get to see a single punt. So it seemed fine, but I have no idea. Uh, from Bear Nips, no fist fights out there. Kevin Kernick, any Horvath sightings? I I was I meant to pay attention to that today and I didn't get around to watching as much as I wanted to. 
Um, a couple of times I saw Trey McKitty line up as like that fullback and then moved H back um, behind the tight end as that sniffer. But I, I, I didn't really pay attention to the fullbacks as much. Um, Adam Weir, any good plays from AJ Finley today? I don't remember him being out there. They didn't really cycle through as many undrafted free agents. Today was very like ones and twos and a couple of threes. So if you didn't jump into there, you didn't really jump into there. I didn't see any undrafted free agent running backs. Um, a couple, a little bit from the tight ends. That's kind of it. <laughs> oh gosh, DJ AKA DT. <laughs> Thanks for making that difficult. How does Spiller look physically? Fine. Uh, I don't recall the difference between how he looked last year versus this year. I'd have to see a picture, but he looked good. And I want to see them in pads and see how he does against um, a, a defense. How does he look with contact? Uh, Patrick, how did John Hightower do? Great. He had the biggest play of the day. It was not even close between him and rookie. I think it's Tijuan or Taiwan Mullen. Mullen. And Hightower was five yards ahead of him. Easy 50-yard bomb from Justin Herbert, which is important because if you're not going to have Jalen Guyton, the next fast guy that's not projected to make the roster would be John Hightower. And getting a 50-yard bomb in practice not a bad way to go. Um, goodness gracious. How many questions are there? How is special teams? That kicker battle updates? None. Anything from Parham? Not really. He was there. Uh, I don't think he caught a pass today, but I don't think McKitty really did either. Um, didn't see a ton. How does Gilman look as the starting safety? Fine, as far as I could tell. Nothing went his way that I could see. I mean, he, he looked very happy to be out there. He, as soon as they went to the stretching period, ran over to the sideline, got everybody fired up. He just seems happy to be out there. And I think this is your starting safety opposite um, Derwin James this year. <laughs> What's up, Jason? I'm guessing this is Jason. Hello, Tyler, says Jason. Hi, Jason. How are you? How'd the defense look in general? Okay, so you want like a general takeaway. Um, without tackling, without getting physical, the DBs, I think, were outmatched today. I will say Kendricks seemed to live in the backfield today. Murray looked like he was playing really close to the line of scrimmage. If you can take any takeaways from a non-padded practice, if I'm trying to give you anything here, it's that against the run, run stop, run stop, run stop, tackle for loss, tackle for loss. They did a really good job. So at minimum, they're rallying, they're hitting their marks, whatever. Um, but, you know, Zion Johnson can't, you know, Rashawn Slater's not going to go throw Kenneth Murray out of the building. Zion Johnson can't go throw Kendricks out of the building. There's no blocking, which also goes for the defense and rushing. Um, Andrew asked how long before we start seeing them in pads? Uh, I believe that's next Monday. Yeah, next Monday. So I will be there for that, but I won't recap that until that day. Yeah, I think it's next Monday. Uh, Nick Williams looking good again, trenches guys. No idea. I do not know to be completely honest. Uh, what have you heard about Thule so far? Excited for him. Uh, I, <laughs> It's so funny to watch some of these guys. You forget who they are. I'm like, who the heck is that? Oh, yeah, it's Thule. Uh, definitely. I don't know if it... Is it wrong to say that I think he's he looks leaner than I would have guessed? I don't know. I almost feel like at USC, because he had so many different roles, maybe I just felt like, and granted, he's playing against other guys who aren't as big. I thought he looked like thicker, but he looked really, really spry out there. Um, he had to <laughs> go into coverage a couple of times in the slot, I believe. Um, so they... They're going to move him, and he can move. Uh, ooh, Grady asks, noticeable difference with Herbert's release points. 
I guess. It, I don't know enough about the quarterback mechanics to have any actual comment on what has changed. All I know is the ball was pushed down the field quite a bit, and he was very accurate. So if he's throwing it between his legs, if he's throwing it like a baseball, I don't care. Everything was downfield and accurate, and everyone caught almost everything. And yeah, as Sweet Jump says, we're done with stick concepts. It's something that, you know, we had Sean Syed jump on to the Chargers channel and talk about. There's still going to be stick. Kellen Moore does it a lot or did it a lot with Dallas. But it's just the spacing that changes, right? It's not just like, okay, this route is designed to get six yards. And at minimum, unless the defense screws up, you're getting like six yards. You know, for him, it's we're going to run stick, but we'll get you open and give you another three yards, four yards after the catch. So even if they run that, the spacing will be better. Um, as Eddie asks, are we going to have a, a crossover episode? Yes, we are. We're going to have a crossover episode. Uh, that was actually going to be this week, but some things kind of changed up. But yeah, we're definitely working with that. Ooh, who was the main deep threat? Everyone, to be honest. I need to watch more practices to get an inventory of you know memories in my brain, but it's kind of seemed like everybody. Uh, any dumps to the backfield from Kelsey? Uh, Kelsey, yeah, I, I'd say a couple, but there were also plenty of design screens. Some of it in the red zone, some of it from like the 40 or 20, wherever they started. So a lot of design screens, and it's just a blessing to see that left side because the, the first screen they ran was to the left side, and it's Rashawn and Zion's way out in front. Lindsley's way out there. It's just, It's just magical. It's magical, man. Um, okay, I'll go with two more questions here uh, from Eddie. Any specific area of the field that they targeted, like the middle or the sideline? I would say sideline was the majority. Um, I guess, okay, we'll say like outside the numbers then because some of them were like a um, shallow crosser maybe, like outside of the hashes. Um, so yeah, I guess I would say sideline. Sideline, sides of the field. Not that they didn't target the middle. Uh, there was plenty of that. But no, I'd say a lot on the outside. Definitely a lot more back shoulder sort of throws. It's like, it's just different. And Josh Palmer had the play of the day. I know Hightower had the big bomb, but Palmer mossed at Rosante Samuel Jr. And on that point, it doesn't seem like it's as set at wide receiver three as Quentin Johnson said it was, uh, but we'll see. Did I see Darius Davis get some action from Kyle? Uh, yes. Well, I should not have phrased it that way. <laughs> um Kyle's asking a question. Did you see Darius Davis get some action? Yes, I did. Um, he looked great. He caught three or four passes, I want to say, um, and looked good. Looked really, really good. He's fast as heck. Uh, last one from Paris Palmer, then I'll head out. From Paris Palmer, how was the energy at practice today? Great. I, I think it was really, really solid. It was a very hot day. People in Texas, when I said it was hot, they were like, oh, it's not that hot. Look, it's it's hot for us in, in Orange County. Um, but everyone was great. Alohi Gilman was very fired up today. Uh, JC Jackson, as soon as the, the audience saw them, saw him uh, walk out for 11 on 11s, they started cheering and he turns to the crowd and he starts firing them up. So he's ready, man. And I think that it got everybody really, really excited for the season. I'm excited. It's going to be a great year. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I'll probably just go live after each practice that just I attend. Steven and I on Saturday will be out there. So we'll have a bit of a different way of covering the team. Let's say that. Um, but yeah, 
that's it for me. And I'll see you guys with that episode, with the future Chargers episode. And the next time I'm live will be after that first padded practice, I believe. All right, guys. Take care. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.